Exciting news, everyone! The Introvets Podcast Merchandise Store is now open for summer 2023. You can find the store by going to our website, that's www.introvets.com, and clicking on the Merchandise tab at the top. We are working with a super awesome local company called Apparel Lab. The current offerings will be available for order through September 12th. But we do plan to do more orders throughout the year, including some seasonal items for fall and Christmas. But go ahead and check the store out. You can also find more information about the merch launch on our social media. I'm Lauren, and I'm a veterinarian. I'm JJ, and I'm a veterinary technician. And you're listening to Introverts, a veterinary podcast by introverts with high-functioning anxiety. Welcome, everybody, to Introverts Podcast. What up? The snack is so exciting. It is. So, JJ. <laughs> yes. Do you remember, like, a couple of episodes ago when we were talking about how uh, it was hard to remember because we have so many episodes, like, what topics have we covered? And uh-huh. I was like, in fact, our 100th episode, like, should be coming up sometime soon. It came up sometime soon, didn't it? It, it was actually that episode was our 100th episode. <laughs> <laughs> you should have played the lottery that day. <laughs> right? Whoops. <laughs> um. So today on the podcast, we are having our belated 100th episode <laughs> celebration. Woohoo! Fireworks. That's right. Fireworks. Uh, so for today, we are going to do something a little bit different. Since, and a little bit weird. No, it's fine. It's not that weird. It's okay. <laughs> I've definitely seen other podcasts do this. Okay, so. Mm. um, So, for today, since it is our 100th episode celebration, and we are four seasons into this sucker, I think it's time for us to have Introvet's podcast question and answer session. Mm. And so... Um, we are going to play a game with questions and it's going to go like this. I have here a list of interesting questions about ourselves and we are going to, uh, go down the list and I'm going to pick one for JJ and JJ is going to pick one for me. And the rules are that, uh, the other person is, uh, is able to pass on the question uh, but then the person that asks it has to answer it if they pass. So that okay. is the plan. Let's do it. Let's do it. Do you who do you want, who's going to go first? I, I I've got one. I want you to answer. Okay, you're going to go first. Yes. All right. I'm ready. Okay. What is your favorite episode of the podcast? Oh, God. <laughs> uh, pass. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> my favorite episode of the podcast. I am going to say. Our Halloween spectaculars. <laughs> Maybe particularly the one from last year where we covered the werewolf, because, like, I don't know, that sort of thing is just right up my alley. <laughs> and then maybe also when we covered rabies. I thought that was a particularly good episode. Rabies. Rabies. Um, because, uh, you know, probably along the same lines, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I did cover like the vampire lore as part of rapey. So mm-hmm. really just the Halloween based episodes, I think, are my favorite. Like I live all year just for the Halloween special. <laughs> I, I mean, seriously, 
Like, I mean, better we better start figuring it out for this year, I, right? It's uh, we're recording this right now. It's August. Yep. Tickety talk. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Usually, we always joke in my family because uh, my birthday is in August. In fact, by the time this airs, I will have turned forty-one already. But uh, my birthday is coming up next week, and I <laughs> always say, like, once it's my birthday, it's Christmas. Like, <laughs> there's not much separation between those two things. Like, it's time to start planning for Christmas when it's my birthday. Yeah. So. It flies by the second half of the year, for sure. That's right. So, I mean, we've done, like, a vampire angle. We've done werewolves, like, what is my next Halloween spooktacular going to be? Like the mummy? Bigfoot. Zomp. Oh, Bigfoot. Oh. <laughs> There's like maybe the Mothman potentially. Like, mm. I don't know how we can make that veterinary related, but I'd have to stretch a little. But hey, it's not impossible. No. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. Cujo. Wait, that's still rabies. Yeah, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, maybe we could delve into the mythology surrounding, like, attack dogs and things. That's definitely possible. Uh, yeah, I think it is rabies-based, though, for sure. <laughs> like, it is. It's a collective totally fear of rabies, I'm pretty sure. So, yeah, um, mummies, I'm thinking. Maybe zombie episode. I like, like I like a zombie. Mm-hmm. That's, that's probably my favorite Halloween-esque yep. type thing. Yep. I love a zombie. Like, Only just the ones. Yeah. Not the ones that run fast. I like the zombie makeup because it's easy because you can't be perfect with it. The idea is to be messy. So I can do some good zombie makeup, but you try to make me make pretty makeup? Nope. I like zombie like literature and shows and things like that. Mm -hmm. For sure. I mean, it's something about the disaster survival element of it and maybe the contagion element of it. Something about that appeals to me. Mm -hmm. Um, but I um, actually prefer when they run fast. Ooh, I don't like those. Yeah. They shuffle along. It's like, come on, get to the point. <laughs> you are easily escapable. <laughs> see, I mean, if they're shambling along, you got a chance. Okay. If they run superhuman speed, we're all fucked. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't care don't like if you're that part. <laughs> Brad Pitt. You're just, you know, not going to work. Actually, that leads right into one of the other questions. <laughs> Uh-oh. So let's go ahead and ask it, which mm-hmm. is going to be the one about the favorite book. Where is it at? Oh, three favorite books? Yes. Yeah, I saw that one. I was like, I bet she's going to ask me that. Timely question. This leads right into this. What three books would you recommend to the audience and why? Oh, gosh. It's like, what three albums would you recommend and why? It's a hard one to answer. It's a hard one. Okay, I mean, it doesn't have to be perfect list, like, but three strong recommendations. Let's yeah. say that. It's, it was kind of funny because there was a TikTok about this thing where it's like when somebody asks you what's your favorite song or yeah. your favorite album or something like that, they're not asking you to go through your entire life's history and pick out like the best one. Correct. But that's Correct. what my brain wants to do. <laughs> so I have to be like slap it into some, come on, get out of your neurodivergency and Right. <laughs> Get back into some normal shit here. Yes. Calm down. <laughs> I'm not asking for a detailed analysis of why it's your top pick. I'm just saying let's yeah, list three because books I'm other like, people. I need a read. dissertation. But okay. Right. Hang on. We don't have to put them in order. Right. Just okay. three that are good. Yes. So 
I don't know that I can. Okay. Mm, you're okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I know you're going to have some. Okay. Uh, we we can edit anything we want out. So just go yes. for it. Um. So. Um. Are you going to say fucking Twilight? No. Okay. All right. No, no, then no. what? What is it? Hit me with it. No. Nothing could shock me more than that. I'm ready. No. I mean, I enjoyed the Twilight books. I'm not going to lie, but it was. They're not like you know life changing. Okay. Um, I really enjoyed, um, Wuthering Heights. That was like probably oh, the first. Oh, that's why you were afraid to see something. Yeah. <laughs> okay, keep going, it's, keep going. It's, it was my first, like, you know, big, real big novel. Yeah. That, well, I, that's a lie. My first big novel that I read as a kid was The Hobbit. Yeah. Which. Woo. That, look, yeah. that's a tough one to tackle, The Hobbit. My when I was a kid, I had a very um my reading level was high. It's not that way anymore. I don't feel just like, like my tolerance for reading little poems and songs and and just detailed descriptions of bushes is like low. I'm not gonna lie. Well, I mean, you know, with Lord of the Rings, the whole Tom Bombadil thing that could have right, been edited right. out. <laughs> that was I, I'm like, I skip a couple of those pages, and that was as an adult. But I had seen the little cartoon thing for the Hobbit because the Hobbit. Any of the Tolkien books, I feel like is a good recommend. And Reasons, Adventure, and, um, you know, you get a whole other world. Uh, and Tolkien is so descriptive that some places it's too much, but other places it's just right, where you can, like, picture these creatures and these things. Mm-hmm. I think he did an amazing job with all that. And I think it's a good set of books for, like, you know, girls or boys. There's plenty of things going on that makes everybody happy so i really enjoyed those but back to the weathering heights um that was like the first like book that i remember reading that i was like wow this this like stirs things in me like emotions that i haven't experienced before like that sounds weird uh it's just more like you know uh, the hobbit was fun this was more like drama so i was like well wait a minute, there's ghosts, there's going into stuff like your child abuse and craziness that I was, it it just kind of opened my world up a little bit more that stuff I wasn't getting out of TVs and movies because in books I can always, there's a mini movie going on in my head the whole time, so it's my own imagination, but I don't know. It was the first book that I read that I was just like, wow. And I was still fairly young when I read that. I went back and read it again when I was older. I'm like, still wow. but. So yeah, and for the third, uh, anything by Jane Austen is never wrong, in my opinion. So that's more authors yeah. instead of books. But we've talked about Jane Austen on the podcast before, for sure. Yeah, I know Withering, we have different favorites. But. <laughs> Withering Heights is the one where the first wife is trapped in the attic, right? Yeah. No. 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 That no? is. Um, that is. Um, that's another one that I loved, but you didn't like so much. Oh, crap. Uh, Bronte. Yeah, Charlotte. The other Bronte sister yeah. broke that one. Uh, Jane Eyre. Jane Eyre. Okay. Yeah. Now, yeah. Wuthering Heights is the one where it's like, you know, the rich girl is best friends with the ragamuffin boy that the abusive father brought home. And oh. they were like inseparable best friends who grew up. And as they got older, they were kind of starting to you know, be in love with each other, but she was kind of known for being crazy and wild, and she, they were sneaking and watching these other rich people next door, 
and she falls. I think she gets bit by a dog or twists her ankle or something. And she ends up like marrying the son in that family. And it makes Heathcliff super, super jealous and angry. And he does some really questionable things for revenge. And mm. yeah, it's a, it's a whole thing. And then like the children that they have kind of start repeating the history a little bit. So yeah, it's uh it's a lot, but I have never read that book. It's a hard read because it jumps around in time a lot. Yeah. But it's it's really good. I liked it a lot. But it's definitely got some of the same elements as Jane Eyre. There's a lot of like dark to it, but you know, my soul is dark, so Right up my alley. Mine too. <laughs> well, um, the reason I ask you that question is that I secretly want to answer it. So, um, the go ahead. <laughs> the reason that it ties into my favorite Halloween spectacular episodes and the zombies is that on my list of like three books that I would recommend everyone read is the book World War Z. Mm. Um, written by Max Brooks, Mel Brooks' son. What you did there. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. And it is nothing at all like the movie. When I <laughs> heard that the movie was going to be made, I was like, fuck, yeah. Like, I was so excited, okay? I went to the theater, like, on opening day with my popcorn. I was like, bitch, I am ready for this. Like, I'm so excited. <laughs> and then, although the, it's not a bad zombie movie, I would actually put it up there among my favorite, like, zombie movies overall. I think it's pretty good. It has nothing to do whatsoever with the book. Why did they even bother purchasing the rights to the book? I have no idea, because in no way is it even somewhat similar. Other than the fact that there are what people would call zombies in it. That's where everything ends. World War Z, the novel is like um, a series of reports. So it's like, it reads like a report compiled by maybe like a government agency. Mm-hmm. In each chapter, is it like a different report? And it talks about like, here is my report about how we think this started. Here is my report about like this mission that didn't go okay. Um, firsthand accounts from people that battled the zombies. But it's like, it's a retrospective. It's looking back across time after the zombie war has been, quote, won already and going through people's memories and everything like that. And it tackles these really heavy topics like corporate greed, like um, what happens as a society collectively when we go through like a mass trauma and we have to respond. Um, and it was just so interesting. The the sociopolitical commentary in it is just so interesting. And then to have then gone through COVID in real life, years after reading it for the first time, it was very, <laughs> it's very accurate is what I'll say. I think after being through COVID, I can say that Max Brooks's portrayal of how things would go if the zombie apocalypse did actually occur are probably pretty close <laughs> to Yikes. what would happen in real life. But it's... um. <laughs> It's just spooky enough. Like the book has got these just chilling descriptions. There's like psychological parts to it. It's, I I just can't recommend it enough. If you like creepy stuff, if you like zombie lore, that book should be number one on your list. 
Mm, I'll have to read it. Okay. My, my t- I want to do ahead. my other two. My other two would be... <laughs> Go for it. So the book Attached by Amir Levine and Rachel Heller, which is about attachment styles and people. This is nonfiction. This is like a therapy book. Mm-hmm. Um, this book, I think every single person alive should read this book to understand how they relate to other people. Particularly, it focuses on romantic relationships. But if you have anxious or avoidant tendencies and you read this book, you will see that it's applicable to all other relationships in your life. It is. It was a life-changing book for me. Sweet. 10 out of 10. And then if I had to recommend another one, I'm trying to think of something that I come back and reread as often as those two. And I'm like striking out. I, can't, I truly can't think of another one that I reread as often. I probably reread World War Z every couple of years and attached maybe yearly. It's that. They're that hmm. important for me. And any of your Stephen Kings? Ooh. Maybe. I do reread it pretty often. <laughs> but the problem with making that recommendation <laughs> is the thing that happens at the end. Yeah. That we won't reference on the podcast. But just know that in the book, a very fucking weird, weird, sketchy, bizarre fucking thing happens to get the protagonists out of the situation when they're kids. And it's like, what the fuck, man? Like, what the fuck? Like, I'm with you all the way up till that last part. And I'm like, what? (laughs) In fact, when uh, I reread it, I skip that whole chapter. I'm like, this trash can, like, whatever. So I feel really <laughs> nervous recommending the novel It because they're those really problematic thing- things mm-hmm. at the end that I'm like, I, this is not good. But yeah, so we'll put that on there with a ast- heavy asterisk. <laughs> yeah, Just you fucking might... be warned that it is not, you not a book for kids. Eyes. So many mm. people that I know read this book as a teenager. Inappropriate. No. Inappropriate for teenagers. It should mm. be like NC-17 type of situation. <laughs> Seriously. <sighs> okay, JJ. Yep. Okay. What do people misunderstand about you the most? Mm. Mm. <laughs> oh, I don't know, JJ. I, I, I think maybe there's a potential for a couple things. I think on the one hand... People maybe sometimes misunderstand my tendency to be aloof and quiet in social situations as me being like stuck up instead of me just hating to socialize. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) Being afraid, like having anxiety. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that it's very easy to misunderstand that and make it seem like I am like conceited or whatever instead of just like, very profoundly uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that's probably the biggest thing. I don't struggle with it necessarily in the workplace, though. That's more on like a, mm-hmm. if I have to go to a party. Yeah. Or like a well, social event. Even if it's a social event for work, I won't be as like, I won't be the same mm-hmm. as when I'm, you know, on a shift and I'm in doctor mode and that kind of thing. My personality, I would say, is maybe even a 180 degree difference. And that sometimes Mm -hmm. strikes people as strange. Well, it's because you're in one environment that you're comfortable in and know your way around and the other is completely alien. Makes sense to me. Yeah. 
I think that's what it is. And then, Only because I do the same thing. But. <laughs> maybe on the work side, what I'll say is that um, I have consistent feedback that I am very intimidating. And um, as in feedback of like, hey, correct this about yourself. And I'm like, I don't know how to correct that because I am not trying to be intimidating at all. <laughs> That's not something that is on purpose. So I don't know mm-hmm. how to fix that. Um, <laughs> what I'll say is I think maybe my intensity is mistaken for like intimidation. And that's not what I mean to do. But I don't know how to fix that. You're not responsible for other people's feelings. My girls. Unless you hurt them. My girls. <laughs> okay, JJ. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite subject in school? Kind of depends on which part of school. I don't know. The one constant was like English literature was my always my favorite. I liked science classes and history classes too, but literature was like, that's the one that I was, you know, I look forward to every day. But also banned any of the music classes I did throughout high school, college, all that fun stuff. We didn't have a band at my school that's very sad. Yeah. Well, it was just very small. I mean, what would you make a band out of? You know? The, yeah. Um, but uh, I also really enjoyed English a lot. Literature classes and grammar and stuff like that. Like that, that would, that's probably my favorite too. As far as like when I was a, a kid, for sure. I still have like, I think a high school and a college literature book that I kept. Just because every now and then I like to revisit some of the things in it. They're my friends. Oh, sure. I still have my literature notebook from high school and college. Um, Like all of the things I wrote. I didn't keep anything I wrote because I'm a crap writer. No. Well. (laughs) I like to read other people's stuff that know what they're doing. Um, If you could have coffee with any historical figure, who would you choose? Damn it, JJ. Um... (laughs) Oh, gosh. You know, uh, as an introvert, I want to know the juicy stuff. Does it say it has to be a famous person? No, it just says historical Just a historical figure. figure. hmm Okay. Well, this isn't a famous person. Um, but I, I would want to have coffee with my great-granddad. Biologically great-granddad. Um, because he um, died by suicide, and I don't know much about his life. And even though I've done, like, the maximum research possible for one to do about that situation, um, I've kind of, I'm at a dead end. Like, all the people that knew him are dead, like, times more than one generation. And so, um, unfortunately, I think the boat has sailed on knowing more about him and in that part of my family because of some estrangements and things like that. And so I've tried the best that I can to reach out and get as much information as possible. And I've just hit a dead end with it. And so it's something that I think about a lot. Like it's something I've been researching since I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. And to feel like I'm at a dead end with it sucks. Mm -hmm. And so I would like to have coffee with him and be like, your life go you know like what <laughs> tell me what you're like so <laughs> so what's going on exactly let's think about that like and then see like what light does that shed on you know maybe genetically or even the hereditary line and things like that and 
I want to ask questions, like more questions about, ooh, hang on. Maybe it's actually my great grandma who I would want to have this conversation with. Because I knew her, you know, for a time she was alive when I was. She was alive through me being like an early teenager, but Mm -hmm. not like to the point when I would be curious about this. She was not in a position where she could talk about it anymore, like very well because of her memory. And Mm -hmm. then earlier than that, it was like not allowed to be brought up. You know, so like maybe it's actually her that I want to ask about her life and like our family history. So, yeah. So so someone it would be like a family figure who I could ask the questions that I have that are like recurring questions for me about who I am as a like ancestor or like as a descendant, you know, who I am as a descendant, what my ancestry means and that kind of a thing. And I think that those two people could probably answer those questions that I have the best. Hmm. So that is who I would pick. Interesting. I think I would pick Helen Keller. Really? I've always loved everything about Helen Keller. It's an amazing person. And she's from Alabama. She is from Alabama. I went to her house. I saw the water thing. <laughs> you went to her house. I was a Girl Scout. We camped in, out in Florence and <laughs> went to her house. Is that, is that Tuscumbia, I think? I don't remember. I know I it's know. close to Florence because people, yeah. when I drive to school at UNA, people talk about it all the time. Yep. It was cool. That was just somebody that, you know, I read about when I was, one of the things I used to do when I was in like probably second or third grade and when we had library day, I would go and I liked autobiogra- autobiographical things and, well, not, I guess bi- biographical things, both. And I would just read about different people, but I picked up something randomly about her and was like amazed. And then a couple of years later, we had Alabama history and we had a whole chapter on her. And I was like, that was my favorite part of the class. So cool. She's she's cool. What would you ask her? Where do you get the like motivation? The I don't know, just the how, how do you overcome all that? And, you know. Just, I don't know. She just seemed like she was an amazing, per- amazing person, and just wanted just to continue to learn, grow, and like, I don't know. Like, where does that drive come from? Because I mean, I can see, I can hear, I can talk. Of course, she could talk too, but I can do all the things, and I don't have that drive. She learned how to sign, and then eventually learned how to talk. Yeah. To the best that she could, but, and also like continue to give back to people and just, I don't know. It just seems like there was a lot to overcome there. And, you know, even more so given that, you know, she was, you know, from the South, but still just lots of uh, cool things that I liked about her. Awesome. Okay. Let's see, JJ. I think I'm scared. What is an insult that you have received that you are proud of? Dang it. Um, I honestly, uh, an insult that I'm proud of. Mm-hmm. Mm, I don't know if it's really an insult. I found it insulting just because the number of times that I've heard it, but being accused of being too quiet. Oh. Uh, and 
I find it annoying, but at the same time, I'm like, if I'm quiet, that means I'm listening. And if I'm listening, I'm probably learning more than the person that's yapping. So maybe that one. Yeah. So like when people are like, "You're girl, you're too quiet. And you're like, thank you. (laughs) It's on purpose. (laughs) I haven't always said thank you. And it's not always on purpose. It's just my default. I don't even think about it. But I don't know if I'm in a group of people. I'm my 100% default is I'm going to observe, sit back and listen. And I can tell more things about people that I don't even know that well by doing that. And, you know, if there's a time later on where it's just me and that person, I know things that I know their interest where I know that they can, that they're, let's say that I know that they like the same type of music I do, then I can like, hey, I heard you mention the other day that you like that. And that may be an in on some conversation instead of me sitting there awkward and quiet when it's just one other person. So I don't know. I don't necessarily listen just to get information off of people like that. It's just I absorb things and sometimes I can use them. Sometimes I just file them away. And But that just sounds really creepy. No, but, I don't think it's so <laughs> creepy. It's just that you use just, it for... Uh, you view it as an advantage. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's not. But it's, a, it's, it's been an advantage for me. But yeah, I haven't always been like proud of it because I get annoyed when people are like, you're too quiet. Either Even when I speak, you're too quiet. I'm like, oh, gosh. Or if I don't speak, I'm too quiet. I'm just always quiet. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Okie dokie. Do you have one? Do I have one? An insult. That oh, you're proud an insult. Of? Um, yeah, I think so. Um, so, <laughs> uh, people tell me that I'm too thorough. <laughs> yeah, that's and uh, and that is a pet peeve of mine. Where I'm like, that's not a thing that exists. <laughs> talking about. <laughs> is it my ADHD hyperfocus? Maybe. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> you know, what are you going to do? Um, but yeah, so that's one piece of feedback that I have also received consistently is that, like, I'm, you're too thorough and that kind of thing. And I'm like, meh, throw out the trash can. You know, like, mm-hmm. if people are upset that I'm thorough, they're just not my people. True that. There are people that appreciate that. And those are the people that I get along best with. And so that is my plan. <laughs> I think it works. Mm-hmm. It definitely uh, is best for podcasting. That's for sure. <laughs> if I wasn't thorough, how would I potentially, how would I possibly do literature reviews and put episodes together? I mean, what the fuck? Mm. Anyway, clearly I'm not uh, bitter about that at all. <laughs> okay. What is your personality type? What is that word? In- Enneagram? Enneagram. Enneagram? Okay. Mm-hmm. What is your personality type, Enneagram, star sign, all the things? Okay. Um, so I actually don't know my Enneagram, although I know that people are like, a lot of people are super into it. <laughs> um, I have, like, I've never bought the book or anything. I have a relative who's very into it. And she like, um, was like, I bet you're a four. But then other people were like, I bet you're a six, you know? 
And then there are things about like a one that I definitely identify with. So I've actually never taken like an official assessment, I don't think. What even is it? Because I've never heard of it. It's, it's, a, it's like a personality typing test. It's a newer mm-hmm. one, I think. It's, it's, if it's not newer, it's at least more popular now than it than was like the Myers-Briggs uh, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Here, I can actually Google it right here. <laughs> <laughs> Enneagram. The origins of the ideas of the Enneagram are disputed. Interesting. It's either from the 1950s or maybe the 1970s. I don't know why it suddenly resurged in popularity. Like, I don't know. Maybe a new book came out about it or something. I have no idea. But I never, ever heard of it until maybe two or three years ago. And now people talk about it all of the time. It is not like a scientific model at all. It's not like if you read these books on personality tests, like most of them are not based on like research or anything. They're just, <laughs> it's just a personality test. So um, I don't know what my Enneagram is, but um, because I grew up in the era of Myers-Briggs, I know what my Myers-Briggs type is, and that's INFJ, introverted, intuitive, feeling, and judging. And so uh, in this type, uh, there's a test that you take and you get sorted into these four categories and your personality type is a combination of these four um, opposing um, characteristics. And Mm -hmm. so um, I really resonate with that because I think that the description of INFJ is accurate for me. Um, So people who are INFJs are like quiet. Um, They have uh, lots of imagination and spend a lot of time pondering like deep thoughts within themselves. Um, They can be a little bit idealistic, which I identify with that as well. It's considered like a less common personality type, but weirdly I know several INFJs. Um, Some of my best friends are INFJs. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a type of personality that leads you to really seek out purpose and things like that. That's probably why I like solutions focused therapy so much in this idea of a preferred life, um, and, and finding your values and purpose and letting that guide, you know, what your life decisions are and things like that. So that's the one that I identify the most with, I would say. Hmm. And my star sign is Leo. Um, but I've never really identified very much with that. I don't think. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> yeah. Cause when you said that, I was like, that makes sense. Cause I don't, I don't pretend to know a lot about star signs, but I don't know from what I've limited. I've heard Leo's tend to be kind of like bravado in your face. I think of, if you think of in Harry Potter worlds, more like the Gryffindors, but I could be terribly wrong on that. I don't, yeah, I mean, my thing, and and I have not looked this up substantially, but I think sassiness, like, you know, with a Leo, and then I know it's a fire sign, but, mm-hmm. like, I've never really identified, like, it, the horoscopes and stuff, I'm always like, meh, I don't really feel think that this is accurate to me. Mm. But, eh. Yeah, I would think you were more Earth or something. <laughs> I can tell you that my Harry Potter sign is Hufflepuff, if that helps. Same, I'm wearing the shirt right now. <laughs> okay, JJ, last question. Um, 
If you had to eat the same thing every day for the rest of your life, what would it be? Hmm. In a world where I could eat the same thing every day and not like get dead. Okay. That okay. kind of world. Sure. Like, let's just say that it has no bearing on health or anything like that. Mm, my Meemaw Campbell's chocolate cake. <laughs> what? <laughs> she made the best chocolate cake, man. Is it made from Campbell's soup? No. It's her last name. Oh. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> yes. My maiden name is Campbell. That's right. Okay. Yes. Uh-huh. That was my, my dad's side, his mom. She made the most kick-ass chocolate cake. Now, what t- tell me, describe the cake. I'm not really good at, like, you know, this food tasted like these ingredients. S- set the seam for me, JJ. Is, is yellow cake or chocolate cake? It's chocolate. It's all chocolate. The whole thing is chocolate. So it's like chocolate Yeah, sometimes cake. she would have yellow cake, too, but her chocolate, it was like a devil's food kind of chocolate. Okay, okay. And she had the same cake pan that she probably had since, like, the 30s. It was yeah, like she a, knew exactly how to make it right in that pan uh-huh. mm-hmm. and on and her oven, was, I bet. Yep. Mm-hmm. And um, her little it, it, the, the, the cake container it was in was almost like aluminum looking. It had dents in it. Yeah. It had a little wooden top. And she made that sucker every time we were coming over. It was so good. And the only thing that's come even remotely close to it is Duke's chocolate cake. But um it's still not still not there. And she's gone now, so can't ever have it again. Because nobody can make it like her either. No. Nope. That's one of those things you can't really write a recipe for. Nope. Because she knows you the had exact to have right the, way to do it. Yep. And you had to have, like, there was no recipe for it. She yeah. just did it. And I think you also probably had to have, like, the right oven and the right pans for the right flavoring. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. There's not, I mean, my mom is the same way, like with her recipes and stuff that she's made for years for like our holiday dinners. You can get mm-hmm. her to write it down. It won't come out the same. Mm-hmm. Like it, she just, she just knows the exact right, like little thing to do, or that's like just the right pinch of salt or whatever. Like, yep. yeah, I think I would pick, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that I would pick like uh, Chinese food. <laughs> Or Thai, you know, something along those Mm -hmm. lines, like maybe like uh, maybe like a a curry dish, you know, like a like a yellow curry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I could eat that every day. If you were like, yes, only curry for the rest of your life, I'd be like, fuck, yes, I'm up for that. Let's go. (laughs) Like, I would super not even get that upset about it. (laughs) JJ, what about a motto for you? Hmm. What well, motto do you live by? Um, I have one, but I don't live by it very well. Okay. In fact, I live by it poorly. Hmm. Um, but it's uh <laughs> it's a song lyric. Basically, uh don't waste your time or time will waste you. Hmm. Don't waste but your I time. But I waste a lot of time. Yeah. What does that mean for you? That means for me, um, Live in the moment and try to make the most of what time you have. Otherwise, you'll be dead before you know it. Fair. Tomorrow is not promised. Mm-hmm. That is true. I guess I do kind of live by that to a degree, more so now than I used to. Because, you know, the power of saying no is wonderful. 
That's right. We're working on it. Mm -hmm. I think mine is, in life, there is no substitute for experience. Mm. Yeah. That's my favorite. I like it. It's helped me a lot. Well, that is all the time we have for question and answer session. (laughs) We got through most of them. I know. I enjoyed this. It's like a change of pace episode. It was nice. Mm-hmm. Y'all let us know if this was a nice change of pace episode or whether you are pissed off. You know, I guess <laughs> it's like otherwise. <laughs> you're allowed to have whatever feeling you like. Okay. Yes. Um, You're allowed. Or to if have you have any questions that you want to ask. Sure. Yeah. If you want us to do another Q&A and you want to ask some questions, fire away. Sounds good to me. We just reserve the right to not answer all of That's them. That's true. Yeah. I mean, look, <laughs> we're busy. And also, we forget. And also, at least one of us has ADHD. Anyway, <laughs> if you have stories, questions, cases, or personal questions, or anything else you'd like for us to read, please send it to introvetspodcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And it's at introvets. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help. It do. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.